0: There's things that come after the initial experience that are going to make people want to engage with it more. So you have to set the table the right way and not just be in sales mode or else you could completely squash any opportunity to build a relationship with the person you're communicating with or having the conversation with, but also with members of the audience.
1: Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Today's guest has a unique perspective as both a podcast guest and host. And in today's episode, we dig into why starting that new podcast you were thinking about might not be the best idea. We dig into how you can leverage podcast guesting to both grow your business and set you up for success when you are ready to start your own podcast. Jason Sircone is a podcast branding strategist, author, and experienced podcaster. He helps value driven coaches and consultants establish authority and become thought leaders in their niche through strategic, impactful podcast guest appearances. Oh, and he's also the voice of the Evolution of Brand podcast featuring authentic stories and strategies, brand building professionals designed to help you grow your personal brand and succeed in your professional pursuits. I hope you enjoy this incredible episode with Jason Sircone. Podcasting is a massive topic, it is growing. <laughs> at a ridiculous rate, and everybody wants to get a piece of this pie, whether it's guesting, hosting, or just promoting other people's shows, finding ways for affiliate marketing. It is a massive market, and if you aren't interested in or tapping into it, you might be missing out, and I am so excited for today's guest, Jason Sircone, who's here to help us learn more about how we can step into this podcasting game as guests in particular. Jason, thank you so much for being here.
0: Mickey, thank you so much for bringing me on your show. I'm a big fan of what you're doing, and it's so great to get to talk with you and your audience today. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited to dig in. You know, before we started recording, we were chatting all things podcasting and some of the faux pas that we've experienced in terms of being a guest and a host. (laughs) And, you know, I think many people are a little bit concerned about being a guest on a podcast show, mainly because they don't understand the etiquette. What the process looks like, I've never done it before, and you're basically jumping off a cliff into the unknown. Is it really that risky for newcomers to just dive into podcast guesting?
0: no it's it's not risky. I think one of the big things that holds people back or makes them look at this differently is they're viewing it as a performance piece, mm. and they feel that because the camera's on, they have to show up and they're going to be in front of millions and millions of people, and the spotlight's on them. Now, the spotlight is on you, but You're in a one-on-one environment, unless there's two hosts or multiple hosts, but you're talking one-on-one and just having a conversation, and that's really where the magic happens. This conversation is for the benefit of you and I, Mickey, but the world gets to hear it. It's a tremendous bonus, and that's where the best podcast content comes from is these organic, powerful conversations where we can really tap into a certain subject dig into our thoughts on it and and provide some expertise that the audience can then take and put into action in their own world. So if you're new to this, if you're looking at it as this type of performance piece and you feel like I'm introverted and I'm not really not going to have a lot to talk about, there's a lot of ways to overcome that. And step one is not looking at it as a performance and just looking at it as a simple conversation where you get to geek out about your biggest passions. You should be able to talk about that no matter what skill level you're at.
1: What a great perspective. You know, I had conversations this week with a few people who are starting their own podcasts and they've never guested on podcasts before. And they're both introverted and terrified of public speaking. And it just kind of makes me laugh. But that was one of their biggest fears was, oh my goodness, the spotlight's going to be on me. I'm going to be on camera. But it is true. It's a very different environment than standing up on a stage.
0: It is. It You get a lot of the similarities in regards to skill set and pacing and breathing and things that will obviously help your, technique in regards to how you're carrying on a conversation here and if you ever do get to that point to where you're going on stage or you're speaking in front of your team or maybe it's a group of potential investors whatever the case may be you can learn skills and tricks of the trade in the podcast space that will naturally translate it can even make conversations that you have with loved ones more powerful because you start to activate those active listening skills You start to communicate on a much stronger level, and it can give you that opportunity when you're sitting with somebody one-on-one to actually listen and not think about the next thing that you're going to say. All things that come with time, and that's one of the big, again, we talked about the holdbacks, another thing that might hold somebody back, that introverted part's huge, but they may just feel like they don't have those communication skills and they just can't carry on a conversation. And I can speak from experience. Eight years ago when I first started this, I mean, I had radio experience in the past, but I felt like I was just going to make this natural transition. Nope, I sucked. Because again, it was a mindset thing for me. I wasn't thinking about this conversation that was taking place between me and my co-host on our very first recording. I was looking at it as a performance. And that's where, again, your mind can get tricked. So you have to think about the conversation part of it and think about all the things that you've used in your life up to that point. It's going to make you excel, and then you'll develop those skills over time, and they'll translate to other areas of your life.
1: I love that. You know... I personally got into podcasting mainly to practice public speaking and my Mm -hmm. ability to communicate. Like that was my ultimate goal was to learn how to interview better, learn how to have better conversations. And I think that was a great mindset because I knew my first couple episodes were going to suck. And I'm sorry to my listeners for those first few episodes. I did not have a game interview skills yet, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. learning too, Mm -hmm. but I think we kind of have to embrace the like sucking at things a little bit when you're jumping into something new like this. 1000%.
0: 1000%. And that transcends podcasting. That's everything. You're not going to be the greatest at what you do on the very first crack at it. It's just, that's life. None of us came out of the womb running marathons. Think about how we were swaddled for the first couple of years of our life. And then when we finally started making moves, our parents were so cautious to not let us hit our heads. And then we'd start pulling ourselves up and then you'd fall flat and everything was changing. But like everybody was like, give it another try. It's okay. We know this is going to happen. Then you just keep doing it and doing it. And eventually you get it. Well, then we reach adulthood and it's like, Oh God, 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 no, we can't fail. This has got to be pristine right out of the gates. That never freaking happens. You have to think about this from the standpoint of everything else you've thought about in your life. If you're passionate about it and you really want to learn and develop this skill set, you're going to take the first swing. I'm a golfer. So I always compare it to golf Been playing since I was seven, still not, pga worthy but i can hold my own and i know that it comes from constantly taking practice swings and developing my skill set when i was seven no i didn't have a clue i was just beating a ball around a course you know like you learn over time how to get better at things and if you really want to stick to it and get better at them you'll commit to it and that's going to make all the difference but don't expect to run out of the gate's with the best possible podcast on your very first try, like I can say Evolution of Brand, my show, that was the amalgam of seven years of podcast experience, but I can still tell a difference when I go back and listen to episode one versus episode, I think as we sit and speak, episode 140 just went live. Major difference in how I'm speaking to my guests and how I'm communicating. Even though I had experience coming in, I still work to cultivate it and it's made all the difference.
1: You know you have a unique perspective as a host and a guest i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things i know i'm i'm really glad that i started hosting and guesting around the same time because i learned a lot of the mistakes from both sides mm-hmm. but i i think a lot of guests have no idea what the experience of the host is what they're looking for what they what they really need the show to be and that can make it really hard for both the host and the guest so when we're thinking of being a good guest what should we be thinking about when it comes to the
0: host That's a great question. I think it starts with respect. When you are asked to be a part of a podcast production, that means that the host sees something in your story, in your messaging, that they know they can put in front of their audience, and their audience is going to gobble it up. And if they didn't feel that way, more than likely they would look right past you, or if you reached out to them, they would just slide your guest request to the bottom of the pile. If you respect what that podcaster has to go through to put an episode together, and I'll try to run this down. And as I do it, I know I'm going to miss things. You're trying to plan out what you want to talk about. You want to. Obviously, you have a pretty direct message, but you want to be bringing in people that complement that message. So you have to find the right personalities. So you have to learn about this person. Then you have to develop a show format. That's after you reach out and if they say yes. So if they've said yes, now you're developing a show format and then you've got to schedule the recording. Then you've got to have the recording and then you've got to make sure that goes smoothly. Make sure everybody's audio sounds good. Then all the post-production work, making it all come together. Then you've got to build assets to promote the show. Then you've got to put everything out into the world and continue to promote it and get people to put their ears on it so they hear this podcast. And then because we're all nuts, we do it the next week. And then we do it the week after that. Because this this is a labor of love, but at the same time, this is content that we're producing that positions our brand is something people need to be paying attention to. And when you can have those types of collaborative relationships with others, you can create some magical content that your audience is going to love to absorb, and then they're going to start recommending it to others. When they recommend it to others, that's how you experience true, tangible growth with your podcast. So as the guest, you have to respect every word I just said. You have to come at this knowing that the podcaster has a goal in mind for what they want to accomplish, and you're going to play a major role in that. When you do play a major role in that and you bring value to the microphone, you tell good stories, you're engaging, you share the content with your audience, because not only does it help the podcaster, it helps you, it positions you as an expert in your field. Everybody's going to win because that's how growth takes place. More ears hear that podcast. That's more people that are falling in love with it. Now they may resonate with your message. They may turn to a colleague and say, listen, Mickey's podcast kicks ass. You need to listen to this. I'm learning so much. She brings on great guests. The conversations are riveting. You're going to love it. Now your show is growing and more people are hearing it. And that's what we need to take place. And that's really where the difference is between the podcasts that are excelling and the ones that are falling flat. They're not focusing on that riveting, engaging content. And then the guests are coming in with a transactional mindset thinking, I'm just going to show up and talk for a few minutes and sell my course and I'm out the door and you'll never hear from me again. You're leaving so much on the table when you approach it with that attitude. So working together and respecting what podcasters are looking to accomplish puts you in a whole new light as a guest.
1: You know, I love the collaborative take when it comes to episodes like this because a lot of times it's true both as a guest and as a host I've had experiences where people are very much one-sided right the host just needs another episode to go this week right and they don't really promote it and you feel very transactional and then as a guest as well sometimes you come on and you hope you did a good job and then forget that the episode ever happened and don't do anything with it you don't want to be that person but a lot of it is about the content right? That conversation. And I know as a guest, I've had moments where I'm like, I have no idea what to say. What should I be coming to the table with? What should I prepare? Do I need a call to action? Those sorts of things. So as a guest, when we're looking at the contents and the conversation, are there things we can do to set ourselves up for success?
0: Oh, absolutely. This is one of the big bugaboos that I see with a lot of one sheets or media kits that get sent my way. Or if I'm looking at like pod matches where you and I connected, that's a big platform that I utilize for finding guest appearances and for finding guests for my show. So I'm constantly looking at profiles. And if I see that section where questions could be supplied that will help put you in this position of great experience and really make you shine, that's a huge miss. I look, I mean, I, some podcasters will look at those questions and not use any of them. And that's fine. If they, if a podcaster has a clear idea of how they want their show to go and they're not going to utilize any of that information you supply, so be it. It's their ship to steer. We're there as their first mate to help the journey go as smoothly as possible. I just, like, I'll, I want to draw Gilligan's Island parallel to what I just said, but let's move on. But so many potential guests leave that aspect of their profiles blank. Or they're asking su- surface level questions that really don't engage and elicit a powerful response. And that's what's neat. Like those questions that I have on my one sheet and on my profile, I call them conversation starters. For me, I want a conversation to take place because I know I'm going to be more engaged in that process. I know the content's going to be better for the end listener when they hear it. And I know that our relationship as we start to cultivate it is going to be in a much better place because we've had this powerful conversation. If you just ask me a series of questions, and I know we've all listened to podcasts like this. Some of us have been guests on podcasts like this, where you ask me a question and I give my answer, hoping to stimulate a conversation. You just go, great. And you move on to the next question. That type of content falls flat. And we're in a world where podcasting is becoming so prevalent that the more engaging the content is, the more you're going to suck a listener in, you're going to get them invested in what you're doing, And you're going to get them to come back the next week and the week after that, and then start telling others how much they love your show. That's going to be paramount for growth as we continue to move forward. So as a guest, the more quality information you can give to that podcaster so they can build formats that cater to your expertise, the better off you're going to be and the more you're going to shine when that episode goes live.
1: Yeah, I, I love that because honestly, like that's one of the things that I look for when I'm looking for guests, <laughs> especially on Podmatch because they make it so easy. And if someone skips mm-hmm. over those key components, you know that they really didn't put time into this and they don't really care. Right. And, you know, I looked through your questions and that, that's one of the things too that I notice on great shows and not so great shows is if it's just question, answer, question, answer, and it's very much scripted, It's not really fun for anybody. One of the things that I found super helpful for me personally was I became a better guest and a better host when I started listening to more podcasts Mm -hmm. to try and listen for the things that I, as a listener, really loved and the things I really didn't care for. Like, for example, I hate the slow intro, (laughs) right? Like. The very first thing, if we go into either an introduction from the host or a deep introduction from the guest, I'm gone. I'm checked out. So I love to dig in. And I know that my listeners do too. (laughs) Are there any things that you've uncovered from listening to other great shows that you find really resonate with listeners?
0: Well, let's let's go to the negative ones first, because let's do it. I love (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I can't stand to hear and oftentimes I'll turn off a podcast if I hear it is if somebody starts off saying that we have to do some housekeeping first. Mm. I couldn't give a crap about your housekeeping. Get me to why I showed up. Get to the value of the content. You preview that you have X guest and you're talking about Y subject. If that resonates with me and I'm hitting play, I want to hear it. I don't want to hear three minutes of music followed by a 10 minute Jay Leno monologue followed by the housekeeping and then 10 ads. And then we're half an hour deep and you're finally getting to the conversation. No, it has to get people to the value as fast as possible because we're in a world of of short form content, right? Like attention grabbing in three seconds or less that can apply to podcasting too. Now the window's a little longer, but if you can do your job of, Have some intro, like for me, if you listen to my show, my intro music underlies, or it's a layer underneath my wording of welcome to the show. I'm Jason Sircone. This week we have so-and-so. We're talking about X, Y, and Z. Let's get to it. I do a quick little 30 second ad and we're into the content about less than a minute and a half in. Like for me, when I hear a podcast, that's getting me to the value as fast as possible. I know I want to listen. You have to get people engaged. So that's one of the bigger things that I hate. We'll, we'll talk about dynamic ad insertion real quick because I know people want to make a buck on, and monetize their podcast and I get it. But if you've got a show that's half an hour long and you're doing a pre-roll, which is the ad before the show starts and then an ad in the middle and an ad at the end and it's not anything related to you, it's like for Geico or Liberty Mutual selling car insurance, more than likely people are going to say this has too many ads. I don't want to watch it. I know I've experienced that like with Facebook videos. If I'm getting peppered with ads every minute, I'm out. I don't care about the content anymore. So start thinking about your listener experience. So I would say, again, some of the positives that I've found in, 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 talk, in, in hearing podcasts are the ones that do the exact opposite. They're focused on the value. They set the table real early. They let you know exactly what you're going to learn and they get to it because that's really what people are showing up for. Now, if you've got a message that you need to deliver, do a little separate episode or tag it on at the end, but people are going to show up for what you're advertising, get them to that as fast as possible. And again, with podcasting becoming this more important entity and more people getting involved and starting their show, when you start to focus in on these things, that's what's going to really be a driving force for you and make you stand out. And I'll throw this in there, too, because this is one of the things I see that it's not just a podcasting thing. I think we all have shiny object syndrome that we want to find the best possible thing that's going to help us get to the biggest possible level. And we ignore the fundamentals. So as a podcaster, what are the two biggest things you should be focused on? It's not the greatest transcription service. It's not how fast you can edit. For God's sake, it's not chat GPT. I know that can help, but my God, that's not what you need to be focusing on at the beginning. You need to be focusing on your active listening. And you need to be fo- focusing on how you project your voice. Both skills that will build over time, the more you practice it, but you also have to be aware of it and be thinking about it. So you can put emphasis on it and that's gonna serve you in your podcast whether you're a host or a guest, much longer than AI software. I mean, I know that's the rage as you and I sit and record on February 1st. And again, I understand that that's coming and it's here, it's taking over, whatever. You can't ignore the fundamentals. That's got to start. That's gotta be the start.
1: You know, I I love it because I think we see podcasting many times as a sales pitch, right? As a guest coming in, you have something you wanna sell, you wanna talk about. We're all business owners here, we get it. But one of the big challenges is you get a guest in and they hijack the show and just sell their services the entire time. And it doesn't really deliver value. Is there a way that we as guests can be more strategic and maybe more respectful when we're selling or promoting our stuff on podcasts?
0: Well, absolutely. As a guest, I will give you this advice right now. Don't expect that to go live. And I encourage any podcaster that feels they're going to be compromising their content to not air that episode. Our job is not to show up and sell. Our job is to come as a source of value, tell some stories, have some fun with it, engage people. So when they do hear our voice and they do connect with our message, they want to take the next step and come into our world and learn more about how we can deliver the transformations they seek. This is the trailer to the movie. That's what I always compare podcast guesting to. I'm not not giving you the full-length feature. You come here, you're going to hear a little bit more about me about what I do, how I've built my brand, how I can help you with your brand, but it's not everything. It's enough to say, wow, that's really good. I want to go back to the theater and see that whole full-length picture. I'm going to go see Avatar because I saw the preview. You know what I mean? Like It's yeah. a mindset, but it's how you show up as a guest, and it comes back to that respect thing. No one's tuning into a, com- into a podcast for a commercial, If it's a a 30 minute one, now it's an infomercial land and you might as well just be cutting a shoe in half with a knife at three in the morning because that's the people that wanna hear that kind of thing or see that kind of thing. Your job is to be a source of value, root everything you do in that value and give people a reason to follow you after the show ends and give the host everything they need to do the selling for you. If you're a valuable resource, that host is going to tell their audience why they need to connect with you to learn more. You don't have to do any selling, but in reality you did selling without actually doing it. It's a, it's a wonderful thing.
1: I love it. I think when we, the the concept of thinking of the listener first too, I think applies the the whole way through because we get wrapped up in our own kind of spiel, right? Like I've got, I got a podcast to run, you got a, a, a product to promote, a service to promote. And it becomes very much so about you and me and the things we need and less and less about the listener. So I I love that where we're really thinking about delivering value to the listener and to the host and making it completely beneficial to everyone
0: Mm -hmm. on all levels. And and we're going to both get that opportunity to accomplish what we need to accomplish too. We just don't need to do it for the full length of the podcast. It's more about the content on the front end. And then if that content serves its purpose, If you loved Avatar, you may have went and bought the t-shirt. You may have bought the DVD for home. Like there's things that come after the initial experience that are going to make people want to engage with it more. So you have to set the table the right way and not just be in sales mode or else you could completely squash any opportunity to build a relationship with the person you're communicating with or having the conversation with, but also with members of the audience.
1: Great. So for the listeners, (laughs) if you take anything away from today's episode... It's really think about the value you're going to deliver before you worry about the rest of the sales spiel. That will happen naturally if you do a good job with the value. Right. This episode is brought to you by the Hustle Less Profit More Club, the marketing solution for small businesses struggling to grow. Learn how to ditch marketing that doesn't work and create a no fluff, high powered marketing strategy that scales in the Hustle Less Profit More Club. This monthly business coaching program is designed for busy entrepreneurs and business owners who struggle to market their business. Inside, you'll learn everything you need to set proper marketing goals, prioritize your efforts, and grow your business. Head over to heymickeyandersoncom slash club to learn more. Now, back to the episode. That's great advice. Now let's talk a little bit about pre-show because this is one of those areas that I think feels a little mysterious and it's also skipped over pretty frequently, but you and I both know the power of a great pre-show and green room, as you said. Mm -hmm. So as a guest, when we're trying to do our best job to to be respectful of the host, to be respectful of the listeners, what can we do before the show airs to really set everyone up for success?
0: If you don't have a pre-call before you actually connect for the first time, some podcasters do that and they they won't interview anybody until they have that call. Others rely more on automation. Like I know I do a mix of both really depending on what the host wants, or I'm sorry, what the guest wants to do. But typically I just gain all my information through an intake form. And I, I made that pretty thorough so I could automate the process to some degree. But one thing you can do if you haven't had that initial call and this is your first time experiencing this podcaster Go listen to some of their content before you show up. Look for people that you know. I, I, that's usually the first thing I do whenever I'm checking out a podcast I'm about to make a guest appearance on. I look for people that I've either, either I've had on my show or i have connected with on LinkedIn or combination of both or I've been on their show because more than likely I've already built a relationship with that person and I want to know more about what they have to say. And as I told you, Mickey, the one that I that grabbed me immediately was Dustin Reekman. Because I had him on my show. Him and I have communicated on LinkedIn a lot about the guesting space. And we have a lot of mutual agreements in regards to how this process works. So I wanted to hear more about what Dustin had to say. So that was how I got indoctrined into your podcast. And I consider myself very much an extrovert. So I know that when I arrive, I'm going to start the conversation immediately. And we're going to have some fun today. So I can set the table in that way. But I've also experience the other side of that to, even though I'm extroverted, if I've got people coming on my show and they're, they're very introverted, it's very hard to stimulate that conversation. And sometimes it can set the table for what you're about to experience as you do the actual interview. Now that's not a blanket statement. Some people do open up once they get more comfortable with you, but not coming in cold is a great way to alleviate some of that early stress that you might feel about showing up to bring value. Because once you listen to an episode, you're going to know more about what that show is there to accomplish. And if you do have a discovery call to kick things off, you can ask those questions and use that 15, 20 minute window to really learn what that podcaster wants to accomplish. So you can bring your A game to the mic and give them the best possible experience from your expertise as a guest.
1: I love it. And you know, you did something as a guest that just makes my heart flutter so happily um, we didn't do a pre-call. I personally, I do my homework, as I'm sure you yeah, Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I do my homework as a host. I try to make sure that every guest has the best possible experience and I come in prepared. But the very beginning, before we hit record, you asked me a question and it just completely set the tone for our conversation and I think our relationship. And it was, how can I make sure that this is great for you and your audience? And so instead of worrying about anything else, you started off the relationship with how can I be of service? And I think that was, it's one of those things that when it happens, you're like, it's a unicorn, yes. <laughs> I know this is gonna be a great episode.
0: You are the second person to call me a unicorn in the last two weeks. I think we might be onto some. I have to trends. change my wardrobe here. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> but th- yeah, that's that's what this is. This element of building your brand is about being a valuable resource. It's about being an asset. It's about helping you create content that's gonna make your show explode. I want your show having millions and millions of people listening to it because when they do, they hear me and they hear you and they hear all the other great guests that you have. So like, there's like this little 1% selfish element to it, but I'm a part of this. But if I played an active role in helping it grow, I should be proud to be part of it. And that's the mindset here. It's not about selling, you'll get your opportunity to have a sales conversation with the right people, but you can't massively blast it to the whole audience and expect them to resonate with your message and actually need what you're promoting, which is why I get so flustered with LinkedIn when people just roll into my DMs like I got out of bed that day looking for them and they're cold pitching me on nothing that would be any relevance to me, but they think it is because they're doing that with 100 other people that day. It's spraying and praying and it doesn't work. My objective whenever I'm doing a podcast interview is twofold. I want to have the best possible conversation I can have. And I want to start building a relationship with that podcaster because I know that's going to create opportunities for me that maybe I can monetize this experience before my interview ever goes live. Mickey, maybe you and I could start working together. Maybe you have people that you're connected to that need exactly what I'm promoting. Maybe You have five other podcast friends that talk about the same thing as you, and they'd love to have me as a guest as well. Now I'm working smarter, not harder with my guest appearances. There's so much opportunity in front of you if you show up leading with value instead of showing up thinking you've got to take the stage and make a sale today. Start looking at it from a reversed engineer's perspective, and you're going to go a lot further and get a lot more from this.
1: Yeah, you started highlighting some of the major benefits of of being a great guest on a podcast. Because being a guest on a podcast doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the benefits, but if you're a great guest, <laughs> <laughs> there are tons of opportunities. And you know, we had chatted a little bit about about networking, and you mentioned something there, uh, in particular that I think is important to highlight. Like my guest list, right? You as a guest now have a warm connection to everyone on my list, and if yeah. I think there's a connection there. I can make an introduction if we have a great time. Let's dig in a little bit more on mm-hmm. all of those other kind of unique and maybe unknown benefits to being a guest on a podcast that people can look for.
0: Oh, there's there's so many in the list. It seems like I add something new to the list every day. I mean, obviously, the relationship building is huge. This is networking today in 2023. So many people connect in this fashion. And you have the opportunity to build a very powerful relationship that in a lot of ways goes beyond what you can get at a live networking event, because that's usually so fast paced and you're moving on to other people. And in a lot of cases, some people are just trying to collect as many business cards as possible, but this is much more personal. You get this time with somebody to actually spend with them and and learn more about what they're doing. And like I said before, you get to geek out about something you're passionate about. If you're building your brand in this respect, you get, it just allows you to hone your story and have fun with it. That's like a big part of this whole thing is the fun element that's tied to it. But in addition to the networking, you're building your know, like, and trust factor with the people that hear your message. It alleviates a lot of that cold selling that you have to do when you first meet a prospect because they heard you on a podcast. They know the value you can bring them. Now it's just a matter of finding out how you take the next step. So those early sales calls that may have you a little bit in a tizzy because you have to do all of the sales process to get them warmed up. It's done because you showed up and brought value to that podcast that they love to listen to. One of the big benefits, and I don't know if this gets enough credit and it absolutely should, are the SEO benefits that are tied Mm -hmm. to this. The organic discoverability that you create for yourself and your brand by going on podcasts and doing a great job and then leaving one link. We'll talk about calls to action because this is something I think we need to cover too. But you leave one link that points back to a it's a domain that's a forwarding link to your website, but whatever the whatever it is, it gets people to your website. That starts to tell the algorithms. all of these very credible websites are putting your link and creating these backlinks for you. Now you've got all kinds of organic visibility. In addition to that, if someone were to look you up on, let's say, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and they just look you up by name, you've got all of these podcasts that you were featured on and they can tune into whichever one they choose. So that helps you, but it also helps the podcaster potentially get discovered. So again, I could go on and on and I'll add global reach. These podcasts, I'm I'm sure you've got listeners around the globe. I know I do. Most podcasts do. Not all the audiences are enormous, but hey, you're reaching different corners of the earth and your message gets this massive reach because of it. So, so many benefits that you can tap tap into, but it all starts with being valuable and having that good experience because you miss out on all of those things if you're in sales mode. And that's even if your episode goes live, because sometimes the podcaster, as I said, so we will hear that and say, nah, my audience is not going to respond well to this. I'm out. We're not, we're not airing this because that could potentially turn somebody off for good and they never come back. Like if that's their first episode they discover, ugh, like, Ah, this is just a sales pitch. If that's what this is, it's not for me. And then they're gone. So that's a brief rundown. But yeah, I could go on and on, but I won't.
1: I love it. And you know, before we dig into the calls to action, I think there's one thing that you kind of didn't really touch on that I think is important to know why. And it's audience size and reach, right? I think yeah. when you first think about podcast guesting, a lot of times we're like, I need the biggest audience <laughs> to yeah. be successful. But that's not really the case, is it?
0: No, not even close. And I, you know, audience size and download numbers is really one of the biggest plagues that we have in the podcast space. It it, it just it twists your mind for the dumbest reasons, and it just makes you look at what this is for in the wrong through the wrong lens if you're starting a podcast you should not look at your metrics for six months at least (laughs) at at a minimum at a minimum challenge yourself to go even longer because yes can those metrics help you down the road certainly but in the beginning when you're first developing your audience and developing your skill set your content needs time to come together your focus needs to be on getting better so you can serve your audience with better content but if you look at your download numbers and real oh man there's only a few people listening to this this is not worth my time you end up quitting your show before you ever break through and the numbers don't lie I think the average is like eight to ten people get that deep and then they're like well this isn't for me no one's listening I'm not getting a Joe Rogan deal from Spotify today so clearly podcasting is not my jam no like Even I'm at 140 episodes on my show, and I've been doing this for eight years now, and I still feel like I'm new and learning. Like I'm still fresh to the game, because there are podcasts out there with thousands of episodes. That's commitment. From the guest side, you start looking at guest appearances that you make, and if you're fixated on them having a certain metric, you may cost yourself an opportunity to where a very tightly niched audience needs exactly what you have. And then At the end of the day, how many clients can you really take on, especially if you're a solopreneur? So don't be trying to get on some podcast that has 50,000 downloads and that's your standard because that's going to be next to impossible. You need to look at shows for the content that they produce. Is it quality? Are are they putting TLC into how they promote their show? Is their cover art looking good or did they do it on Microsoft Paint? Are they... Taking time to put accurate show descriptions and show titles in front of their audience so when people find it, they know what they're going to experience when they listen. Does it sound good? Are they mic'd up properly? Is the overall production something you'd be proud to be a part of? These are all items to be focused on. Download numbers are irrelevant in that case because when you lend your expertise to a show that is parallel with yours or that runs parallel with what you're talking about and aligns with your message, that's going to give you great opportunities because if they're committed to their project, if they are looking to grow their show and continue to add content to it, you're a part of that catalog. You're along for the ride now. And you always have that piece of content that you can point people back to. Do you had a great conversation like, Mickey, I can think of a few things already that you and I have talked about today. If I'm ever talking to a client or a prospect, I can say, listen, I talked about this with Mickey on her show. Here's the link. Now I'm pointing new listeners to your show. That to me is building value in this whole process. And the download metrics are irrelevant to me. I look for quality, I look for consistency, and that's really what it comes down to. And any guest that thinks otherwise or any host that thinks otherwise has to shift their mindset if they really wanna succeed in this.
1: I love that. And you know, one of the things that, I, we know how many shows fall flat after a few episodes, the, the host gets discouraged or can't maintain it. And yeah, it's, it's, unfortunate. it's sad, it's super mm-hmm, unfortunate. But sad. you know, recently I was watching this Alex Promosi video. <laughs> like everyone's watching alex for mosey right now (laughs) and he was talking about how so many entrepreneurs are doing the right thing just not enough of it and i think in podcast guesting and hosting as well it's like you get started and you're doing the right thing you just don't give it enough time
0: (laughs) yeah oh god yeah that's go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to
1: oh no it's 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 we just need to give ourselves time and have patience in the process right not expect the immediate magic bullet
0: yeah there's there's no question this is a there's a marathon this is not a sprint i mean again you can get starry eyed when you see Joe Rogan making $110 million from Spotify. And that's great. I, great for Joe Rogan. I also think about the fact that this dude was on a 20 year path with everything he did. And I'm sure his comedy career started out in front of 12 people at the VFW, like so many people that got, have gotten to his position did, but why does that move? So we come along <laughs> Why do we think we're just going to get this instantaneous success without putting in the work, without putting in the reps? It's a, it's a wrong mindset and it's something that is beyond podcasting because I think a lot of us, people see these highlight reels that get put out and they, okay, that's attainable. I can do that. But they're not learning about the years of blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice that went into reaching those points of success. And The line that I've beaten to death on my podcast to where my listeners are probably like, are you saying it again? Here it comes. I love football. I could give a damn about the touchdown celebration. I care more about the 99-yard drive and all the struggle and all of the shifts and moves and things you had to do along the way to get to that celebration. I'm going to learn from the way that you presented your, your path to getting to that result. That's how you grew. That's how I'll grow. Spiking the ball means nothing. But again, in our world, we get fed all of this success in 30 days and you can have your podcast off the ground in a month. I know there are systems, but you can't fall prey to the shiny object syndrome. And you have to understand that even if you do find something that does help you get a podcast off the ground in 30 days or get you on X amount of podcasts in a month, whatever the offer is, you got to build upon it. You got to be really willing to put in the work and the reps and the practice swings that's going to build and develop it and keep it consistent so more people pay attention to you. If you're fly by night, it's very easy to gloss over you and go to the next person. So yeah, falling into those uh, shiny object traps will kill you. Derail your efforts before you ever have an opportunity to break through.
1: I feel like I need to put like a motivational poster with your face on it right there. <laughs> Just let's <so> <laughs> keep going, right? Because it is, it is. we get so wrapped up in the speed and the after state right like the the success what it is but we forget that it's all about the daily steps that we take in the journey right like it sounds so cliche but it is true
0: now for a reason because it works (laughs) if it didn't work we wouldn't be talking about it so much and more of us need to continue to shout from the mountaintops that this is how life works Yes, yeah, we got to band together. There's only there's Indeed. only a few of us. <laughs> I know we have really got to grow this tribe, Mickey. It's up to you and I. Let's do this.
1: We've got this. We'll this. rally
0: some folks. We'll have some fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Before I go on my soapbox, I want to, to talk about call to actions because I know yeah. a lot of guests. This is something that causes them a lot of stress. Um, what do I say? Where do I move people? What what should I do? Any advice for maybe new guesters who are not really sure how to nail the call to action?
0: Yeah, it, it comes down to simplifying it, and that's where you're going to save yourself a lot of stress and get better results when you stop rattling off every internet destination you're a part of. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I hear, and it, it it's it's heartbreaking in some respects because if somebody did just a kick-ass job and really delivered amazing content. And then the host sets them up to where can we connect with you for more? And now all of a sudden they're giving off 25 different destinations, every social media network, their AOL instant messenger handle. We're talking ICQ, like they go nuts. And I might've dated myself big time there. I hope some people realize. I
1: just had a flashback.
0: (laughs) You hear the little bird chirping for ICQ anyway. (laughs) But when you do that, you got to remember where your listener is. They're at the gym, on a walk, in the car. They're not right next to a pen and paper or something where they're going to jot down all of these things. And then, so they're probably just going to zone out and then take no action. So if you just spent 45 minutes to an hour bringing massive impact to somebody's world, but then not giving them a clear destination of where you want them to go next, it's a big miss. And it's going to cost you the opportunity, which really, it just negates the whole... 45 minutes to an hour that you just spent. So a clear call to action would be something as simple as you, you tee up that question for me, Mickey. And I say, I appreciate the opportunity for being here today. Jump over to jasoncircone.com. I've got free resources that will enlighten you and and, and teach you more about how podcast guesting works. I look forward to connecting with you there. That's one destination. And it's very easy to remember because in that case, it's my name. But the biggest piece of that is I own it. That's my real estate. I'm not sending you to Facebook or Instagram to where they could turn a dial tomorrow and crush my engagement or just sell the whole damn thing and then move to an Island somewhere, which, you know, stockholders might be upset, but you get my point. (laughs) Owned channels. That's it. Yes. Yes. Send them to where you own. I mean, the, for me, when we get to this point, I will send people to a landing page and I'll be very transparent here. Obviously I've got some valuable info for you. It's going to cost you your email address gives me an opportunity to continue to connect with you and provide value to you. And if you resonate with my message, you would want more of that. Right. You got it. Now I, now I have more of an opportunity to have you in my orbit, to share more about what we've talked about today. You saw the trailer. Now I'm going to show you the whole movie. And then maybe as we continue to move down the road, you'll want to buy the t-shirt or get the poster for your wall. It's all about taking people on a journey. And if your call to action isn't clear, You can't even get out of the parking lot.
1: You know, to reference some sports, I think about it like in baseball, base hits, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to get a grand slam and get you to buy a 30K offer right off the bat out of a podcast, right? I need you to just take one step. What's the one step? That's it.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah, we get, again, it's getting fixated on the sales that we have to make. And I get it. We have to make sales, but it's a process, which speaks a lot to the consistency of doing this and using it as a regeneration tool, if you want to call it that but bringing more people into your orbit through the interviews that you do and the relationships you build, that's going to give you the opportunity to make those sales. But if you're trying to do it on the front end, you're going to turn people off. They're going to put their defense mechanism up and they're going to run away because they aren't, not, I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but the vast majority of people aren't looking to buy that day. It's the same thing as I said about LinkedIn. They didn't wake up that day thinking they're going to drop $15,000, $30,000 with you. But if you brought some impact into their world, you you changed a perspective, you started to guide them towards a transformation that they want to experience, they'll take that next step and they'll come into your world. And when they do that, as long as you're continuing to provide value and not going into sales mode at that point, you have more opportunities to get those sales that you need. And then the snowball starts rolling downhill and you can experience a lot of growth and a lot of success.
1: Yes. Now I am certain that we have people listening right now who are interested in starting to guest on podcasts and get into this incredible world of opportunity. And I am certain that you can help them in that (laughs) process. So where can they go to learn more about you and get started?
0: Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I I, I had to mess with you. No, the best place to get started, go to enhanceyourauthority.com. That's going to land you on my website. And I have a free guide that I put together. It's called The Absolute Guide to Authority author, excuse me, the Absolute Guide to Authority Enhancement. And really, it's a about a 10 to 15 page guide. I can't remember how many pages I landed on, but it's all about what you can gain from being a valuable podcast guest. It's a great way to start building that foundation, learn a little bit about the fundamentals. And if you like what you see. You can set up a discovery call with me and we can continue the conversation.
1: I love it. And I will have all of the links in the description for the listeners because I know how if you're driving, you're probably not clicking on your phone. So I'll make that (laughs) accessible. So Jason, this has just been such an amazing conversation. And I so appreciate both the energy, but also the value you brought here. I know the listeners are probably have a list of stuff they're ready to take action on. But if we could sum up with one thing, the listener has one thing they need to start with one step they could take, what would you tell them to do?
0: Commit. Mm, Yes. Yes. When you, I mean, from the host side, from the guest side, I mean, for transcending podcasting, if you can't commit, your results are not going to be what they need to be. You have to be in this for the long run and understanding that you're going to probably make some mistakes and fall flat. And that's one thing I always say is working with me, we're going to flatten the learning curve to some degree, but you're still not going to not make mistakes. It's just part of life. But if you're willing to commit to being the very best you can be at this, as trite as that may sound, it's going to make all the difference and it's going to lead to a lot of long-term gains and help your brand go, like I say, from unknown to undeniable.
1: Oh, that's so catchy. I love that. Oh, amazing. Jason, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Mickey. As expected, this was a blast. And I'll throw one more message to your listeners. If you haven't done so already, jump over to Apple Podcasts, leave Mickey a five-star review. I try to leave her a six-star, but they only allow five. But she's doing a lot of work to put this content together for you. So the least you can do is thank her with a review and let her know how she's doing.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, please do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.